Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Acts chapter 1, verse number 12. Do we have it? Okay. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Let's jump down to uh, verse 21. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in the ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Eleven apostles. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for, um, Lord, being able to hear the word of God. And we pray, Lord, even now that you begin to open up each one of our understanding. And I, I ask God that you just direct me, Father, today. Uh, throughout the word, God, and I pray that you bless this time, and I pray, Father, as, as we, Lord, go through the scriptures, that, God, you just help us and challenge each one of us, God, so that, uh, Lord, we can serve you better when we walk away having heard. So, Lord, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this morning, I want to talk to you about, about a committed servant, a committed servant. Say that with me. Say a committed servant. A committed servant. We're looking at the disciples, but, but we're really looking at, and I really want to focus in on one disciple who's mentioned in, in the scripture, and we'll talk about him in just a moment. But again, we, we want to talk about being committed service. Because how many of you know that, that we can actually, we can serve, but then sometimes, hopefully none of us out here, but sometimes we can be not committed, not committed. I know there's nobody out here, like I said, that's probably church down the street. They got that issue. We don't have that problem. So we can be not committed, committed. Because think about it, just showing up doesn't really qualify as being a committed servant. Let's use a very, very easy example all of us can probably relate to. If I was, if, if I was a greeter and you walked in the door and I said, welcome to New Covenant, go over there and sit down. How would that make you feel? Would that make you feel welcome? Now, I can say in my mind, I just served today, but did I really serve? Because the Bible says that everything I should be doing should be as unto the Lord. Now, is that really something I would want to offer up to God? 
It is not. It is not. So again, we're talking about being committed servant. And, and again, the things that we have right now currently we're going through are really designed to help us so that we can find the area that we serve, that we're able to serve in best. Remember, I quoted a scripture from Romans that talks about what well, Paul said, that each one of us has given, has been given a gift, and we should use that gift with the grace that's been given to us. So not only do we have a gifting, but we also have grace as well so that we can use that gift. So again, if we're in the wrong place, guess what? There's no grace there. So what we want to do is we want to find out where do I fit best? Because the place that I fit best is the place that God is going to use. He's, that's where he's going to use me. So we're talking in the book of Acts. And when we talk about the, when we look at the book of Acts, the book of Acts it says the Acts of the Apostles, but it really could be the Acts, it could be titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. Because you begin to see how these guys, these same guys that we read about, some of them walk, actually walk with Jesus. And we saw some of their glaring, glaring character flaws. But after they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, their lives completely changed. I mean, think about it. Look at Peter, who denied Jesus and even to the point of he even cussed and said, I don't even know him. And then after that. But think about it. We begin to see him, how he's used over in the second chapter of Acts. And he preaches to a large multitude of people about the same Jesus that he denied. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered. And he began to minister. So think about it. Not only do we, do we see, we see, we also see the beginning of the church. When we look at the book of Acts, if we keep reading, we begin to see the, the growth of the church, too, because we find out that there, there are thousands upon thousands that get added to the church. We begin to see some of the uh, ministry that happens within the church as we read through Acts. We see conversions taking place. Remember, remember Saul, who became Paul? We begin to read about his conversion as we go through the book of Acts. There's so much that's happening within that book of Acts. And I'm telling you, when you're reading through it, it's just fast paced. Everything is just happening at lightning speed. It's going really fast. There's movement. And so when we consider the book of Acts, we look at all that and we see all that activity. But everything started because of what happened in the very first chapter. So as we look at the, the very first chapter... And we look at this in context because we're talking about being a committed servant. When we go back to the very first chapter, we see if we look up at verse four, that Jesus is talking to the disciples. And, and even in verse three, it says. Um, it says to whom he also presented himself, talking about Jesus alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during during 40 days and speaking of them, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Again, Jesus is still talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God. And look at what's happening here. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, we read already in verse 12, right? Verse 12 starts out and it says, then they returned. So we probably... You know, when we read that, we're like, okay, they went back to Jerusalem. And, you know, if we may not catch it right away, but as we're looking at verse 4, we understand that Jesus really gave them, he gave them a commandment. He said, I want you to wait right here. He said, I want you to return and wait. Return back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. It's coming. Just wait for it. 
So as we continue to read down, again, we're trying to get, we're getting this back into context. We begin to see where Jesus gave these instructions. And then, of course, the disciples, they asked another question because they want to know, okay, Lord, at this time, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And, and, and of course, that's not what Jesus was talking about. And he told them it's not for you to know the times and the season which the Father has prepared, of course. So he kind of brought them back, brought their focus back to what really I want you to be really concentrating on. And that's not getting the kingdom restored, but I want you to be about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. That'll help some of us, too. If we wouldn't spend so much time worried about other things outside of, sometimes we need to shift our focus sometimes. We get our focus back, then we're able to look at things in the right perspective. So, again, he told him, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know, but this is what I want you to do. And then it says that while he was speaking, he was taken up in a cloud. And the Bible says that the men, the disciples were sitting there and they were gazing. They were looking up uh, up into the sky intently and they were gazing because I'm sure at this point, even though the Bible doesn't tell us, I'm sure these guys were broken to pieces because he was their leader who walked with them for three and a half years. Now, all of a sudden, the very one that walked with them is now gone. They see him going up and the Bible doesn't tell us this this at all, but I'm sure in their minds they were thinking, what are we going to do now? And scripture tells us that two men in white apparel, which we know, our two angels came to them and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand there gazing? Anybody ever been gazing? Maybe some, some, a thought or something caught your attention and you just, you were doing something else and you were, you, you just drifted for a minute there. You caught yourself just gazing, just being consumed with a thought. You drifted a little bit. Maybe you were at work and you were working on something and something else came to mind and then it caught you off for a minute and then you like, oh, wait a minute, I'm at work. So you're back. Some of us, some of us get shaken up like that, and it wasn't because we were gazing. We fell asleep at work, too, but that's, that's a whole other thing, another subject. But you were gazing, and you know what? When you think about it, people, sometimes in, in, in life, there are things that happen to us, and they cause us to feel like we're at a point where we're gazing. We're paralyzed. We don't want to move because of the things that have happened to us, and we're gazing. But just like the, the two angels came along and came to talk to the disciples, today I want to come and talk to each one of you. If, it's, if that's you and you find yourself gazing, today I want to tell you that that same Jesus, he's coming back again. Meaning, you and I need to be concentrating on what it is that he's called us to do. We can't sit around and worry about things that have happened. Because what's happened is already done. But the only thing we can control right now is what we do from this point forward. So I want to just, if you will, help me out today. Just, just, just kind of slightly elbow your neighbor and say, stop gazing. Stop gazing. Stop gazing. Yeah. Stop gazing. Don't worry about that. That's done and over with. We can't do nothing about that. Now it's time to move on now. We got to continue to walk with God. We got to stop gazing. There's, there are a lot of things that cause us to gaze, too. Um, sometimes, there's, sometimes there's fear. Sometimes fear allows us to gaze. Sometimes it'll make us feel like we're paralyzed. We don't want to move. We don't want to try that again. But not only fear, but then sometimes there's failure. We've tried it before and it didn't work. And so we say, no, I'm not going down that path again. I've been there before. I've seen what's happening. But again, I want to come to you today and tell you to stop gazing. Maybe you started out on a business venture and it didn't work out. And you said, I'm never going down that road again. And you find yourself gazing. You find yourself stuck. But today, I'm telling you, no need to continue down that again. You need to be about God's business today. And then sometimes people can make us, just folks, they can make us feel like we have to gaze. Because when you start talking to them about what God wants to do in your life, 
They start talking to you about who you are. You? How's God going to use you? Why would God use you? So again, there are so many reasons that we can have for gazing, but today we don't want to be like that. And just like the angels that came along to, to the disciples and told them, don't stand here gazing. You need to be about his business. I want to today encourage us to be about his business today. So we're talking about committed, a committed servant, a committed servant. And as we talk about a committed servant, um, the first thing I want to tell you about a committed servant is a committed servant is in place. Somebody say in place. In place. Ask your neighbor, are you in place? Are you in the place that God called you to be? Are you in place? Are you in place? Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 says this. It says, then they return. Then they return. Somebody say return. Return. Uh, Making more sense now, right? Now we see why they return, right? Jesus told them to go back to Jerusalem and wait. And what were they waiting for? Were they just standing there waiting, just passing time? No. They're waiting for the promise that he had given to them. So today, when God gives you a promise, when God gives you a promise, guess what we need to do? We need to wait on him. We need to wait on him. But here's the thing. We got to be in place. So how do we get in place? We follow his instructions. We follow his instructions. So again, a committed servant is in place, meaning a committed servant is obedient. Oh, I hit you with the O word. Obedient obedient, obedient. Some of us sometimes we don't see God doesn't use us like he wants to in the area of serving others because we don't obey the instructions that he gives us. Come on, he's telling us to go out. I want you to go and I want you to bless this person over here. And you're trying to argue with God about why you shouldn't do it. Or you act like you didn't really hear it. Like God really didn't say that. Like really, seriously. How long have you been walking with God? Come on now. You know you wouldn't just in your mind formulate that thought. You don't even have to worry about that. And we know the devil wouldn't do it. So, so already that eliminates two right there. So the only one left is God. So pretty simple right there, right? So at that point, again, we need to be, we need to be obedient. We need to return to the place. The disciples returned to the place. They went back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem for them represented the place where God was. That was the place where they worship God. Some of us, our worship isn't where it needs to be because our obedience isn't where it needs to be. Which affects the level that we, you and I are able to serve God. And it all starts with following his instructions. What instructions does God want you to follow? The last thing he told you to do. It's really simple. What did he tell you to do last? Whatever it is, then that's what you need to follow. If he says wait, then you need to wait. Mighty quiet in here. If he says wait, then you need to wait. And one of the hardest things for us to do sometimes is to wait. We know that God promised it to us, but we also struggle with the fact that we got to wait. But again, if he's telling you to wait, it's for a reason. Now, watch this. You don't have to turn over to Acts chapter 2, but as a result of them actually, of the disciples waiting, guess what happened on the day of Pentecost? The Bible talks about how they were standing there and they were talking to each other. Each one was talking in a different tongue and they were able to be understood because that same Holy Spirit that he talked about them being baptized with, it happened just like he said it would. So guess what? If God said it, it's going to happen just like he said it would. You can count on that. But again, you've got to position yourself for the promise. You've got to wait. If he says wait, then you've got to wait. If he tells you to turn, you've got to turn. If he says bless them, you've got to bless them. 
And we don't have to worry about why or what, you know, but God, I need the blessing. Why? You don't have to worry about that. We don't have to wrestle and argue. All we got to do is just obey what God said us, told us to do. Because we're going to be committed servants. Everybody say committed servants. Committed servants. That's right. That's right. Remember, a servant is a person who voluntarily dedicates themselves to the service of another one. Voluntarily dedicates themselves. Voluntarily. And that voluntarily um, dedication occurs each and every day that you and I get up. We got to get up every day. Start our day off by, Lord, I present myself as a, as my, my, I present myself as a sacrifice to you, Lord. Use me like you want to. You got to voluntarily do that. And sometimes you have to remind yourself that you have voluntarily dedicated yourself to the service of God. Okay, sometimes I have to, I have to remind myself, because I'll be honest with you, that I have voluntarily, which means I can't just respond like I want to respond. I can't just do what I want to do. But you got to voluntarily do that. So we're going to be committed servants. We've got to be in place. Not only do we have to be in place, but watch this. If we're going to be committed servants, we've got to continue in prayer. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, these all continue with, with one accord in prayer. That's right, in prayer. They continued in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They continued in prayer. If we're going to be committed servants, you and I have to continue. We have to have a prayer life. We have to have a prayer life. We can't be those people who pray in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a crisis. We can't be like the ones uh, I saw um, a marquee one time that says, when all else fails, try Jesus. No, we can't be like that. That needs to be our first response is we need to be talking with God each and every day. We need to be communing with him. It's amazing that if you look at the scripture, Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. But the Bible says they went to Jerusalem, so they obeyed him. But when they went up in the upper room, they started praying. Now, what would make them pray like that? It's because that's what they saw Jesus model the whole time they were there. That's why they prayed. So they knew we got to wait. That's number one. But number two, we need to be praying, too. We don't need to be talking. We don't need to be asking each other, when is it going to happen? I wonder when the promise is going to be fulfilled. No, they got together, and the Bible says they all prayed. Every last one of them got together and prayed. So if we're going to be committed servants, guess what? We got to have one, one single mind focused on doing nothing but communing with our God and doing what he wants us to do. And the way that we get to do that is we do that in prayer. It's amazing how God talks to us in prayer. If you let him, if you allow him to talk to you in prayer, he'll talk to you. And most of the conversations that we have with God are really just conversations like we have with one another. That's how we do it. It's just a discipline that we have to have as believers. We have to be able to communicate with him. So the question I have for you is, do you have a prayer life? If you don't have a prayer life, you need to start talking to him because he wants to hear you. The Bible says that his eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to our cry. He's listening for you. He wants you to talk to him. And so you and I have to, we have to set aside time. We can't allow the busyness of life to cause us to be off or, or so involved to where we can't, we can't spend time with him. Jesus modeled it out for us. Out of everything that people were saying about Jesus and doing for Jesus, you always saw in the scripture where he would break away for prayer because he understood how important it was to have a relationship with his father, to pray with him. That meant that much to him. It's amazing. And, and his prayer life, his prayer life so blessed the disciples that, 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 and so impressed them 
that they, even themselves in Luke chapter 11, came to him and said, Lord, we don't want you to teach us how to make boats. We don't want you to teach us how to make a craft. We don't want you to teach us, you know, how to do certain things. We want you to teach, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us that thing. We want to see that. We've seen how your life is, and now we want to, we want to know. Teach us how to talk to the Father. And so it's in that that you and I began to experience the growth. And then, guess what? When we begin to talk to God, we can get instructions on what he wants us to do, right? Because we're going to be committed servants. Committed servants. So I told you a committed servant is, place, is in place, rather. A committed servant continues in prayer. But guess what? A committed servant is prepared also. Look at verse number 21. And this is, this is really talking about a man named Matthias who, guess what? We don't get a whole lot of information about him. As a matter of fact, this is the only mention of him in Scripture. Just these couple of verses. It's the only time that we'll hear his name. But what we do hear about him is that he was walking with God. Watch this. Verse 21. It says, therefore, these men who have, um, who have accompanied us, watch this, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And this is Peter talking. But think about it. When they, when they began to look around and they began to see, well, we got a need now. There were 12 of us that walked with Jesus initially. One of, us, one of them was a betrayer. That was Judas. And now we need somebody now to join us. Guess what they said? Did they try to pick the one that, that, that was the most attractive? Nope, they didn't care about that. Did they go to the one that had the most money? Nope. They didn't care about that. Did they try to find the one that had the biggest house? Nope, not the car either. It wasn't about any of those things. Guess what they wanted? Let's look for someone who's been walking with us the whole time that Jesus was on the face of this earth. That's what we want. So if we're going to be committed servants, guess what? We got to be prepared. Matthias was prepared. He was prepared. Because if we read a little further, we'll see that he was selected. It was him and Joseph, actually, that they, that they selected. And they said, we'll choose from these two people. But like I said, they didn't choose just anybody. They didn't go grab anybody. That's why, again, you ha- that's why I say you have to have a prayer life as well. So you know exactly if you're in servant leadership, you'll know, how, what am I supposed to do? How do I respond to a need in, in, the, in the area of ministry that I'm in? And this applies not only here in these four walls, but it also applies if you're outside of the church as well. That's why we have to have a relationship with our God. And we have to be able to commune with him. And so a committed servant is prepared. He's prepared. He's not getting ready. We're not getting ready to serve God. We're prepared. We make it our goal. The Bible says we make it our aim to please God in every way. Every day we do that. We spend time with him. We're in his presence. Think about this. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, it talks about a man named Enoch who walked with God for 300 years. 300 years. That's a long time, right? It's even longer when you think about he only lived until he was 365, which means most of his life was spent walking with God. How many of us can make that commitment that, you know what, I'm going to spend the rest of my life walking with God? I might not be able to catch Enoch, but I can put in some time. How about that? Come on, somebody. And we understand that with Enoch, we know what happened with him. He walked with God so long, God said, come on up with me. In Hebrews, he taught the Bible says he was and then he was not for my King James readers. And so we understand that the, the most important thing is if we're going to be committed, we got to be prepared. We got to be ready because you never know when an opportunity to serve may arise. Now, I'm, I'm sure if we could, 
If we could interview Matthias, we could ask him, when did you know you were going to become one of the disciples? And I'm sure he would probably tell us, just like the scripture tells us too, when they came and they, they pulled me out of the crowd. So he didn't have time to get ready. He didn't have time to, to start figuring this thing out. He was already doing it all along. The Bible says he was already walking with them all the way from, from the baptism of Jesus, all the way to the time that he was ascended back. He was walking with them already. I wonder if I got some servants out there who are walking with the Lord already. Maybe you're not, you're not in that area of service right now, but I'm still walking with God. I'm still walking with God. I'm still walking with God. Right. Cause, cause again, there are opportunities that come up. So again, if we're going to be committed servants, then we got, we have to, first of all, we got to be in place. We got to continue in prayer. We got to be prepared as well. But watch this. Here's the last one. If we're going to be committed servants, we got to be present. We got to be present. Somebody say present. We got to be present. We, you know, the, um, the famous or ex football coach, Herm Edwards, he used to coach the Kansas City Chiefs and also the New York Jets. He talked about he talked about ability because they asked him a lot about, you know, well, what do you have to say about ability? And his 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 response to that was the best kind of ability is availability, availability, availability. So it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how good you are. Are you available? Are you present? And that's what we're talking about with Matthias. He was present. When the disciples had a need and they were looking out among them and saying, who, who can we select to, to walk with us? Who can we choose to serve with us? They didn't, have to, they didn't have to go look and, you know, they didn't grab their tablets and try to go see who they had on the contact list. They didn't do that. Of course, they didn't do that back then, but I just threw that in there. But they didn't do that. Guess what they did? Let's take, let's take him. He was right there with them. So I'm just wondering, I know you're not serving. Maybe people don't see you and they don't know you. But, but I'm, I'm wondering, are you present? Or are you only present when you're serving and people can see you? You can be out and people can see who you are and what you're doing. Do you have the right motive? See, Matthias had the right motive. He was present. He put in time. Again, he was with Jesus all the way from the time of his baptism all the way to the ascension. So are you present? Are you available? Some of us, sometimes we're here, but we're really not available. How do I know? Because if you ask some people about ministry, they say, well, I need to pray about that. Like it's a shield. How many people know that, right? That's our shield, right? Right? And then if we get real deep and spiritual, right, then we get real deep and spiritual, we say, well, you know what? I'm not being led to go in that area right now. Right? Y'all must have met some of those deep and spiritual people too. But again, we, we've got to be present. He was right there, and the Bible says that they, that they prayed. And this, let's look at their prayer. It says that they prayed. And they said, you, O Lord, verse 24, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen. There's, now, 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 there's a good idea. How about asking God to help you, to direct you when you, need, when you have a need? Ask God to lead you. Don't base it off what your eyes see or what you know. Ask God to do it. He says to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell that he might go, it, go to his own place. And the Bible says they cast, they cast their lots. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. And guess what? That is the last time we hear from him. He is never mentioned again in Scripture. But, I, but guess what? If we had any kind of insight into his life, I bet you he would still be serving. Why? Because he's already established a track record already. So we, know, we already know what kind of person he was. And so that's what I'm saying. We have to be present. 
You and I have to be present and available. It doesn't matter because you never know what God wants to do with you in the area of serving. Now, we can't say one area is better than the other, but it could just be that God wants to change the area that you're serving in. And so you have to be available and you have to be willing to allow him to shift you when he needs to. Again, remember, each one of us has a spiritual gift. Each one of us has grace, remember? So he may be giving you opportunity to move in a different area. Why? Because of the grace that he's giving you. So again, Matthias, we never hear about him again, but all we know is he was chosen with the 12. Why? Because he was present. And, and, if, we, and if we think about it, the thing that made him made him actually the most prominent one or the one that they wanted to choose out of, out of both of them. Because again, just because Joseph wasn't chosen doesn't mean he stopped serving either. Because when they said they, they were talking about him as well. So, so think about this. Um, the Bible says that, um, that he, was numbered, he was numbered with the 12, but then we see that he was walking with them all along. So the question is today, are you going to be a committed servant today? Are you going to be in place? Are you going to continue in prayer? Are you going to prepare? And then are you going to be present? Because there are all kinds of needs that are available. And again, we can't, we can't just limit our serving just to while we're here in the church because God may want to use us in another area. He may want to use us outside of the church as well. But we don't want to neglect the things that are needed within the church as well. So we have, to, we have to make sure that we are walking with him each and every day. Amen? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.